Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, a dose of reality in the race to vaccinate America as the Biden administration tries to ramp up production and combat the spread of new coronavirus variants. With the deadliest month of the pandemic coming to an end, the pressure tonight to speed up vaccinations requesting 10,000 service members to support the effort as the U.S. struggles to track the mutating virus. Plus, could you be required to take a test before flying within the U.S.? Safe in school. Schools closed is a national emergency. How to get our kids back in the classroom as some teachers' unions want to keep doors closed. And tonight, hundreds of Americans poisoned by hand sanitizer. What you need to know. New terror threat. The Department of Homeland Security warning tonight about domestic extremists inspired by the storming of the Capitol. As this California man is arrested with five pipe bombs and 49 guns. Enormous storm. It drops a month's worth of rain in a matter of hours, causing mudslides. This thick mud here, it's like quicksand. Battling climate change, President Biden signs new executive orders, pausing oil and gas drilling on federal lands. And it's time to act. GameStop stock jumps nearly 800 percent in a week. How an online forum led to dramatic spikes on Wall Street. Plus, the National Zoo may be closed, but our hearts are open to the baby panda who now has his own live stream. And unifying America, a police chief that's helping his community heal from decades of racial injustice. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. President Biden's coronavirus czar says the country is in a national emergency and that everything is on the table when it comes to speeding up the production and distribution of vaccines. Experts say with the coronavirus now mutating into even more contagious strains, the only way to stop another surge in infections is to vaccinate enough Americans to stop the ability for the virus to mutate. The head of the CDC now says the U.S. has more than 300 cases of a highly contagious new strain first found in the U.K., which is now spreading like wildfire across Europe. Now, doctors say that's worrisome because strains that spread easily will lead to more Americans getting infected and dying. Tonight, the CDC now estimates the virus could kill as many as 90,000 more Americans by this time next month. That is a staggering prediction, especially because even though January is not over, it is already the deadliest month of the pandemic. We've got a lot of new reporting on the race to vaccinate Americans, and our team is standing by. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Los Angeles City. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, Nora. 20 million Americans have received at least one dose. Progress, yes, but still a lot of confusion. Here in California, many people don't know when they are eligible for a vaccine. And even if they are, vaccine sites like this one are booked throughout the weekend. Tonight, the Biden administration under growing pressure to get the rollout right. CBS News asked the White House's COVID response team if it would use the Defense Production Act to manufacture more vaccines. That's something that's under active exploration. As you can imagine, it's not as simple as walking in and flipping a switch. Also tonight, CBS News learning that FEMA, which is about to set up as many as 100 vaccination sites around the country, has now approached the Defense Department, asking for up to 10,000 service members to help administer doses. And the CDC confirming it is actively looking into mandating that all air passengers be tested before boarding. And that would include all domestic flights. This, as the variant first found in the UK, has now been detected in at least 28 states, including Alaska. The strain at least 50 percent more contagious. Researchers scrambling to find out why. I think the better way to think of it, rather than being more transmissible, is that it's just a little stickier. And so if you're exposed to it, you're more likely to get infected. To protect against the new variants, the CDC now asking all Americans to spend less time at grocery stores and to double mask. We have to be concerned looking forward at what the further evolution of this might be. California ranks near the bottom for the percentage of doses that actually get into people's arms. We found one possible reason why in this line, hundreds waiting up to four hours at this health clinic. California has shifted its vaccine priority to seniors over 65. That would include Neil Getz. What has it been like? It's very disorganized uh, and, and confusing. The non-socially distanced line is filled with the most vulnerable, and Getz says his story is typical. And it either shows every date full, so they keep taking you one, two, three levels, and then to go back and start again. We understand that the vaccine supplies are finite. We only have so many, and we need to get them into people. And California has created a website that will notify people who sign up when a dose is available. Still, the supply and the management of it can't keep up with demand tonight. Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. 
The White House tonight says it will develop nationwide standards for when it is considered safe to reopen schools, something that didn't exist before. And it comes after the CDC says there's little evidence that in-person learning leads to spread in the community if proper precautions are taken. CBS's Meg Oliver has more on the nationwide battle to reopen our schools. We relied on science and data to help inform every step. After almost a year of virtual learning, Philadelphia's youngest students, pre-K through second, will see the inside of a classroom in February. We have an obligation and we must take action now. This comes after the Centers for Disease Control announced if precautions are followed, there's little evidence of transmission in schools. In addition to face masks, physical distancing and increased room ventilation, schools need to limit risky activities like indoor sports and restrict indoor dining. Schools close is a national emergency. We are seeing the devastating costs just pile on top of each other. Joseph Allen is the director of the Healthy Buildings Program at the Harvard School of Public Health. If schools follow these guidelines, is there any reason for the teachers unions not to return? No, really. I mean, the new data we're seeing supports what we've seen that schools are not contributing in meaningful ways to community spread. But across the country, the divisive debate rages on between districts and teachers unions refusing to return. Tonight, the nation's third largest school district, Chicago, is on the brink of a teacher strike. My message to the teachers unions is we need you guys. Tamika Hinton is a single mom of 10-year-old Destin in Chicago. She had to move in with her grandfather after cutting her work hours to stay home to supervise virtual learning. How long can you maintain this? Not long. To try to do e-learning is, is really hard. Currently, one reason unions are pushing back on returning is because there are only 23 states that prioritize teachers for the vaccine. In New Jersey, there are still hundreds of districts like Montclair with no date on the calendar to return in person. Nora. Meg Oliver, thank you. And tonight, the U.S. is facing threats from violent domestic extremists emboldened by the U.S. Capitol assault, who may be inspired by false election narratives. This extraordinarily rare warning comes tonight from the Department of Homeland Security as it monitors online chatter and says this heightened threat environment could persist over the coming weeks. We get more now from CBS's Catherine Herridge. Today's Homeland Security warning is stark describing a heightened threat environment from domestic violent extremist groups that may be emboldened to act by the successful breach of the U.S. Capitol. These groups celebrated what they did on January 6th. Tom Warwick is a former Homeland Security official. How severe is the threat? This is based on what they must be seeing that indeed everybody is seeing in social media that these groups are continuing to say they're going to carry out acts of violence. Following protests in the Pacific Northwest, the warning says groups are also motivated by the 2020 election results and extremists may be inspired to target elected officials. Today in California, Ian Benjamin Rogers was charged with possession of five pipe bombs. Investigators found 49 firearms and allege he discussed attacking Democrats. Court papers say he had this card which reads white privilege and trumps everything. As the federal ride investigation hits a new milestone with more than 160 arrests, 19 of whom had extremist ties. This Virginia man who wore an American supremacist hoodie was charged with violent and disorderly conduct. And as the focus remains on militias, 25-year-old Ty Garbin, a member of the so-called Wolverine Watchmen, pleaded guilty to federal kidnapping charges targeting Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan governor. 
On the lack of security preparedness at the Capitol January 6th late today, the Capitol Police Officers Union issued a statement calling it unconscionable, a startling admission that has angered and shocked the rank and file. Nora? Catherine Herridge, thank you. And there's breaking news tonight from California, where a major winter storm has triggered devastating landslides, slamming through a neighborhood south of San Francisco. Now, this landslide caused by heavy rain has damaged several homes and more. CBS's Carter Evans reports tonight from the disaster zone. Tonight in Monterey County, California, two dozen structures damaged, with people suddenly trapped by a mudslide. At least two were taken to the hospital and dozens of animals were rescued. This stuff is like quicksand, and just imagine it rushing down the hill with enough force to knock this shed right off its foundation. Do you expect to see more mudslides like this? We do. It's predictable. It's preventable. People have to listen. From powerful winds to torrential rain and packed snow, California once again is getting pummeled. 17 million people under flash flood watches. Statewide, nearly 300,000 are still without power. Meanwhile, parts of the Sierra Nevada could see up to 10 feet of snow. And in the Santa Cruz Mountains, thousands are under evacuation. I've been here for 15 years. This is probably the worst it's been ever. An atmospheric river is driving this nasty weather. It's a concentrated ribbon of moisture in the sky that can move water vapor faster than the Mississippi River. Now, Southern California is bracing for stormy conditions headed that way. A busy stretch of the I-5 freeway shut down and traffic diverted due to dangerous road conditions. 11 people were rescued after being stranded for 10 hours on a remote icy road. And tonight, search and rescue teams are on high alert. This road has already been cleared of mud, but there is concern that more is on the way and perhaps an even bigger problem. The fire chief here tells me that about 70 percent of the people in the danger zone are refusing to evacuate. Nora? That is scary. Carter Evans, thank you. And with scientists warning of more extreme weather due to climate change, today President Biden took action to confront what he calls an existential threat. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports tonight from the White House. President Biden vowed today to put the climate crisis at the center of U.S. foreign policy. In my view, we've already waited too long to deal with this climate crisis. We can't wait any longer. The executive order he signed today establishes a White House Office of Domestic Climate Policy, directs federal agencies to procure zero-emission vehicles, and it calls for a pause on all new oil and gas leases on public lands and in offshore waters. It's not time for small measures. I don't think science knows, actually. His predecessor often questioned the existence of climate change and rolled back nearly 100 environmental rules and regulations related to air pollution, protected species, drilling, and water. I withdrew the United States from the unfair and one-sided Paris Climate Accord. The man responsible for rejoining those accords is the new special climate envoy, John Kerry. They are welcoming us back. The former Secretary of State wants to strike new emissions deals with some of the world's biggest polluters, including China. The U.S. has had a fairly rocky relationship with China recently. How do you plan to try to bring both China and India to the table on this issue? Obviously, we have serious differences with China and some very, very important issues. Those issues will never be traded for anything that has to do with climate. That's not going to happen. 
Tonight, President Biden's new executive order is already facing pushback and even lawsuits from the oil and gas industry, which argues that halting new projects only hurts states like New Mexico, which rely on tax revenue from drilling on public lands. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, today, Wall Street had its worst trading day since October. The Dow lost nearly 634 points. That's more than 2 percent. But there was a notable winner. Shares of GameStop were up 134 percent today, continuing an unlikely rally. How and why it's happening is quite a story. And CBS's Manuel Bajorquez has it for us. Tonight, Wall Street Titans may have met their match with a bet on GameStop. Like I'm a, a I guess, blue collar investor, right? So I'm, I scrap all the time. But now when you get something like this, it's one of those all in type things, right? Individual investors, many fueled by posts on the website Reddit, decided to buy GameStop stock, inflating the price nearly 800 percent over the past week. The movement gained steam when SpaceX CEO Elon Musk shared it online. Some investors said they gained tens of thousands of dollars. One said it would help pay for medical treatments, all while the big firms had bet the stock would fail. So just tipping the balance of power at least a little bit is what's getting people so riled up about what's going on. That seems to be the case, yeah, that there are a lot of folks who are saying, you know what, this is a way for us to seize a bit of power. The emotions on Wall Street have ranged from disbelief to fear to um, to a little bit of anger. The White House said today officials are monitoring the GameStop phenomenon as Reddit investors appear to set their sights on other struggling stocks like AMC and even Blockbuster. Though experts caution it's still a risky game for anybody involved. Manuel Bajorquez, CBS News, Miami. Some sad news as late today we learned that actress Cloris Leachman has died. She had quite an amazing career, winning eight primetime Emmys, two for her role as Phyllis on the Mary Tyler Moore Show in the 1970s. Leachman also won an Oscar for The Last Picture Show and appeared in a string of comedies, including Young Frankenstein. Cloris Leachman died of natural causes at home in California. She was 94 years old. An incredible life. The FDA tonight put out an unprecedented alert that more than half of hand sanitizers coming from Mexico contain dangerous levels of toxic ingredients. Now, a majority of the samples tested by the FDA contained methanol, which can be deadly when ingested. Shipments of hand sanitizers from Mexico can now be detained by the FDA and will be subject to heightened scrutiny. Hundreds of Americans have been poisoned by hand sanitizer this month, including the overwhelming majority of them children. Now here's some welcome news. Making his debut today was the panda cub born last August at the National Zoo here in Washington. You can only watch him on the panda cam while the zoo is closed. We did get to see him enjoy a snack and then play a tug of war. Joe Kiji is up to 21 pounds and oh my goodness, don't they grow fast. And it was a nice break to get to watch that cute panda today. You can't wipe away generations of racial injustice with a few words of apology. But for one community, those words provided a start. CBS's Errol Barnett continues our series, Unifying America. This is LaGrange, Georgia, a city divided by railroad tracks and decades of racial inequality and injustice. How's business? Is it picking up? Business is picking up. Lou Deckmar took an oath to protect everyone. 
I think the role of the police is almost like uh, Hippocratic Oath, which is first do no harm. Four years ago, the police chief publicly apologized for the 1940 lynching of a black teenager. An acknowledgement and apology is necessary. He says atoning for the past includes working for a better future. Much of crime is impacted by um, social issues. Um, We're hard on crime. We're soft on people. Y'all are a resource for the community. So he's been partnering with organizations like the Homeless and Substance Abuse Center run by Yvonne Lopez. I have never hugged so many policemen in my whole... No, I've never hugged policemen, (laughs) you know. LaGrange now stands as a model for community policing across the nation. The key, says Dekmar, is trust. He helped change the life of 43-year-old David Mixon, a prisoner on work release when they met. I immediately told him that I was young and I made a mistake. He just told me that he would help me find a job when I got out. After 20 years behind bars for armed robbery, Mixon is now working as an animal service officer. Oh, I'm grateful. Every time I see him, I thank him. Proof, as Martin Luther King Jr. once said, it's always the right time to do right. Errol Barnett, CBS News, LaGrange, Georgia. Tomorrow, call it Pizza Acrobatics. Never heard of it? Well, you are in for a treat. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening Evening News. See you tomorrow. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.